find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, yo, what up, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Behind the Baller. This is a show that is mine, and it's about my life, obviously, outside of jewelry or the obvious shit that you might see on social, except for golf. We gotta talk a little bit about golf, you know what I'm saying? I got part three, so I won't talk too much, you know what I'm saying? But I share my opinions on this show, and I give you a little insight of a Korean-American man who is 50 years old and has had now four careers, three of them successful and one is budding. Welcome and greetings to the back nine of my life, guys. My name is Ben Baller, AKA the Wash Lord, AKA the Korean John Cusack. And this show is brought to you and produced by the world famous Dust Brothers, that's Miles and Jordan with original music scored by the genius Lakey and theme song by Illegal Cartel. Today is Monday, May 8th. It is now 4.52 a.m. And I don't love Mondays. You guys know that. But I got a very big week ahead of me. I hope I am able to share more about some things that are going on in my life currently. And when I do, you will believe that I fucked a goat before you believe this bullshit okay so are you guys ready all right man let's get it popping what's up lakey so uh btb army i am recording fresh out of the btb podcast studios Obviously, there is no more Million Dollar Man Cave. It exists. Uh, I will not be recording out of there. Uh, you might hear some echoing and all that type of shit. We're almost there. Got some soundproofing things to do. We're like 60% done. But we have an official podcast studio. Finally. Right? I got seating for three in here. I could have another thing, whatever. But a few tweaks. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we are set. We could have video in here if we want to now. It is set up for that. I don't have to worry about shit. I don't have to answer to fucking anybody at all. It is actually a wonderful fucking thing. There's only one thing that I care about, and we'll get into that way later in the show. But guys, um, I do have uh, a golf tourney to head to in about three hours and some change. My boy Emilio Rivera he is a famous Hispanic actor. Um, shit, he's done so many movies, but he's a star of the, the TV show, The Mayans. Um, he was in uh, Sons of Anarchy. He's been in a bunch of shit. And we've been friends for 22 years or so now. He was in my first movie, Cake, and he was barely starting out and then he just blew the fuck up. And me and Amelia always been cool. And he's just a solid dude, man. And he plays golf and... and um. I have no idea what to expect today, but it's good that I am playing golf today because I need some shit to get my mind off of the pain. Like, I'll say it straight up. I um, practiced a little bit. I've been spending a lot of time with Ron, my coach. Um, he's, he's beyond a coach. He's just been fucking incredibly helpful. 
And uh, I've slowed down the therapy for a little bit. I just feel like maybe I need to find a new therapist. I don't know. We'll get into that in a little bit, I, I, you know, later, maybe after the break. I just haven't, I'm in a weird place, man, you know? Um, but I got to play Angelus on Saturday. My boy Kai met with me, my boy Kai Bentley. And um, I had an okay round. It wasn't fantastic. Saturday, though, was great. You know, a lot of people don't want to play Angelus because it is $185 on the weekend. And I like it because it's wide open. And it's a tough course. And it's pure right now. And um, I was absolutely starting to catch fire. And I'm really finding my way back. And it's really important that I do because um, this is my career right now. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm doing for real. This is where my passion is. This is where my purpose is. And to grow the game. And and I ran into some people. I was actually in Monrovia, I think, right? Was it Monrovia? Or was it fucking Duarte? I, I, was, I was in Monrovia. And I've been in all types of weird places this week, man. I was in fucking deep in the Inland Empire. I was in Highland, California. I was like, God damn. It took me two hours and 40 fucking minutes from Hollywood. It took me two hours and 40 minutes. I was fucking mind blown. But um, ran into somebody uh, at Roger Dunn in, it's got to be Monrovia, right? It has to be. Anyways, one of those areas. It's past Arcadia and all that. But yeah, um, and he was like, yo, bro, I got into golf because of you. And it's just, I've been hearing, you know, I've been seeing a lot of random people and people trying to get into it. And yo, golf is hard. It ain't like it's fucking easy. I, I, when I see my coach or someone who I know is a pro, like make a bad shot, it's fucked up. It's crazy. They just make far less bad shots than the average uh amateur or beginner whatever you want to call it so um last episode i was recording right before the george lopez celebrity tournament it was his 16th annual tournament and i hope that we could have the wash lord um going on for 16 years and i know we could if, if we want to i just gotta really step it up and, and people are excited about the next one and or the next annual one and, and um we're gonna go bigger and um, playing George's tournament is really a privilege. It's amazing. It's a, I'm a, uh, I've been on the waiting list for almost a year now at Lakeside. And uh, if I was more aggressive, I would get in. I think this ain't the time to get in because there's some internal things going on with my divorce. But uh, I think the fact that I am, you know, obviously this is something that I'm, you know, pursuing as my career. This is my career. So it could work out. But anyways, you know, Every year I get to play in George's group and I always have some amazing person that I'm paired up with. And, you know, I didn't really expect much. I played a little bit like, you know, the week before, two days before. And um, I can't tell you how many people besides George said, are you the same guy from last year? Now, mind you, I'm one year in playing rounds and it is a scramble, but I had a fucking insane round. First shot, striped it dead down the middle on television. You know, um, maybe like 250-something yards, straight middle of the fairway. It was amazing. And then, you know, I had a couple bad shots in there. But the last four holes, the back nine, I don't know what clicked in. Everyone else is a lot older than me. I'm the youngest guy in the group. And it just, I started warming up. And I just started getting on it. And, you know, George was just fucking talking shit. And I was knocking down putts. It was crazy because everyone we played with has at least 10 years on me. Um, Robbie Krieger has 
50, 60 years of golf. He's been a member at Riviera since fucking Riviera was 600 fucking dollars a year in membership. Like, I, I don't even know what to say about that. And I'm going to talk about Riviera in a second. But it was just literally insane when it was a perfect time for me to catch fire. Okay. The last nine out of 12 shots were mine. You want to talk about contribution? Like I was, man, I was just on fire. The, let me say it again. The last 12 shots, nine of them were mine. And these are dudes who are all good. Robbie's a really good golfer. George is a really good golfer. Joe Pesci's a real good golfer. Hole 18, the final hole of the fucking day. And by the way, we were supposed to start at 10. Started at 11, 18. We was out there. Motherfuckers is 80, you know, late 70s and whatever, 60s. And it's just like, it's crazy. Hole 18, last drive, striped it. Probably another 250 or so, whatever. The approach shot. Mine again. I hit the motherfucking flag. Okay, hit the flag, falls out six foot now, and then I made the birdie putt. So the last three shots, all three shots on hole 18 were mine. It was absolutely insane. You know, the compliments and the people that you know just to to spend that kind of time with these people. It just really was a great time. Lakeside is just literally part of the best fucking country club in LA. Fuck Bel Air. Fuck LACC. Fuck Riviera, fuck all those places. It was amazing, okay? Now, listen, we had a six-some. Everyone else has a four-some, but remember, George Lopez, it's his tournament. So, you know, we have this, this group. And my six-some was Jerry Cantrell, lead guitar for Alice in Chains, George Lopez, the absolute fucking legend, Smokey Robinson, and another absolute legend, Joe Pesci. It's my third time playing with Joe Pesci. And it was just amazing. Right around hole 15, there's a par three there, right where the cafe is and everything. It's like a bunch of people playing music and just chilling. There's all kinds of activations at every hole. It was, it was just really great. And it gave me more ideas about what I want to do. I tell Smokey, I'm like, yo, man, I got to tell you a beautiful story. I just wanted to wait until we really had to chop it up and everything. Smokey's a player. He's, man, he's, plays, he's been playing for fucking 40, 50 years, maybe longer. And Smokey's got to be 80 or something, right? Remember, this dude started Motown and just, man, legend. I said, low dog, the first date that me and my wife had, we're headed back to her hotel, dropping her off. And one of my favorite songs plays. And I tell her, this shit is just all about you. And it was, you really got a hold on me. And he goes, oh, man, that's, that's beautiful, man. Thank you, man. And I'm like, bro, we're going through a fucking horrible divorce right now he's like oh man why you gotta tell me that shit and it was just kind of funny you know and on top of that um Smokey Robinson is the man who sponsored my coach Ron Del Barrio for his pro career and so he was like you know around the back down he's like man Ron got you right your balance is on and everything in fact he ended up reaching out to Ron after that but it was it was just a beautiful day it took my entire mind off of what was going on and then we had dinner Got to talk to random people. Tommy Lee, I don't know, Don Cheadle said the entertainer. Cedric came about my store and, and tried to hit me up, but I changed my number. Um, Anthony Anderson hit me up. He's like, yo, bro, you lost a lot of weight, man. What's up? I'm like, you know, man, dog. He's like, I heard you going through a divorce. I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, yo, me too, bro. And it was crazy because, um, you know, 
I felt really home. I felt comfortable, right, playing this. And um, the first time I played George Lopez's tournament, I've never hit a golf club before. It was before I met Ron. And they, because of COVID, it was in October of 21. And that was like right when, before I even took a lesson from Ron. And then in April, I had already started taking lessons. So that was like really me kind of playing. And so this is the third one, but it technically wasn't like, you know, it wasn't April. So it was like different, you know what I'm saying? Because I've only been swinging a club for less than two years, way less, like a year and a half, you know, something like that. But uh, it was a good time. And every time I leave Lakeside, you know, no matter how much fun I have, everything, you know, I think about, you know, 13 years has gone by, you know, it's a lot of shit going on. But um, Sunday morning, I drove to Malibu, got up early, got my car detailed, got a wax, drive to Malibu, stop at John's Garden, I'm sorry, Country Mart, get some coffee. And uh, of course, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, times I take London Rider down there. There was a bunch of times we go to Malibu RV Park and everything. And that drive is kind of weird when you're doing it by yourself, you know. And uh, in a Tesla at that, you know, it's not, not an exotic car. So it's just been a weird thing. And I'm um, just trying to kill time because I got a tea time at Riviera, finally. And um, hit up Whole Foods, grab some spices for the crib. And then I'm like, fuck this, time to go to, to Riv, right? So I head to Riv finally. You know, it's like this prestigious club at Ben Hogan's Alley and, and um, so much history there, more history there than there is even at Augusta. And um, I never really cared, right? It's just like a different thing. And, and um, I get there, you know, I tell them, well, here, I'm here with this face, you know, whatever, boom. And they're like, okay, right in. And, you know, um, I go into the pro shop, go get some clothes. And uh, it's two little maybe 17, 19 years old, the oldest. They're in there getting some stuff. And they're in there buying balls. The kid turns around and says, no fucking way, Ben fucking baller. And I'm kind of embarrassed. Dude's helping me out. It's like a, I don't know, dude in his late 20s. And he's like, are you somebody? I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm no nobody. And the kid's like, yo, crazy, man. He goes, oh, let me get some balls. Let me get this. Let me get this. Let me get this. And you know, if you know anything about a pro shop, even if you're a member with 20% off, everything's expensive. You know, polos could run up to like three to $500. It's crazy overpriced. and But it's Riviera. You know, just to get in there, it's, it's not a fucking walk in the park. There's other country clubs you get into way faster than Bel Air, Sherwood, whatever. This is just a different level. And um, these kids are buying balls there. Now, no matter how much money I have in certain things, and I know I have a privilege because I'm sponsored by TaylorMade, whatever, and people send me balls and all this other stuff. I don't know, man. I'm just weird. Like, I'll let my kids do certain things here and there. And yeah, Postmates and stuff. But to drop $100 on a box of balls, it's like, I don't know. I'm like, man, God bless them. You know, and of course, your parents got to have stupid bread to be a member there and everything. And just having lunch and chilling. Had a great lunch. Had some soup. You're looking out there. You know what? The, the coolest thing about Riviera is when they call your name out a whole one. doesn't matter who the fuck you are. They don't give a fuck if you're The Rock, if you're Tiger Woods, whatever. They're going to be like, up the T, Ben Baller, you know, whatever your name is. Doesn't matter if your name is fucking Jason Jackson, they're going to say your name. But I played okay, not great, very tough course, very long, shot a 94, but I had some pars. And uh, tell you the truth, most people are playing with, well, the guys I was playing with, they were like, yo, you're lucky you shot, you broke 100 here. 
because we're playing with dudes who hit 120 here all day long. And I know it's a course why I can shoot in the mid 80s, but it's fucking hard. There's a reason why Tiger's never really won, or I'm sorry, he never has won there before. But uh, other than that, I'll get through the rest of the week and everything in a second. But um, just thinking about people that I have to deal with who, I'm sorry, I'm pivoting, guys. People who just never want to face reality. Their reality is almost like a bubble. And they don't mind having a schedule. They want to take a 20-minute shower. They want to take 20 to 40 minutes to get ready to go absolutely nowhere and not be rushed by anybody and whatever and have no responsibilities. And the funny thing is they really don't understand how life works. And these are adults I'm talking about, right? And it's funny, when you extend a deadline, the thing about extending a deadline is at the end of the day, it's a deadline. That means there's still a deadline. Do you understand? When you got to pay a ticket, at one point there aren't any more extensions. You putting it off is like putting debt off in a certain way. Like you have to pay it, right? And I just think that people who don't understand what it is for someone else to take care of somebody, whether it be a, you know, when you have a mom or a dad or somebody, at one point, I'm sure some women don't, some men don't, whatever. There's men out there, of course, that don't work and they live off a woman. I've, I've, I've seen it. I'm not going to say any names, but like, you know, they don't worry about taxes. They don't worry about, you know, the mortgage, the rent, certain things. It's just like, oh, it's okay, it's taken care of. And at a certain point, it is good to realize, you know, there it, you do have to somewhat face reality. For the people who never have, hey man, God bless you. 99% of the world has to though, right? And one thing about me that I love is I live an evidence-based life. I do not live a life that is filled with edits and then the best parts get highlighted and made on social media. That's not me. When you see good shit on social media, it's because it's the family, whatever, something that's going on, a project, right? If I could, the worst parts would mostly make it. I don't give a fuck about what people think. That's the truth. At the end of the day, what really matters to me until someone holds me accountable, which is fine, you know, I don't really care about that, especially how it affects me. When it affects somebody that I care about or certain things, okay, cool. But I wish less people worried so much about it because it'd be less surgery, there'd be less this, there'd be less... It's like, if there's a bad score, I'll post it. You get it all, right? But the thing is, the best parts of my life, besides my kids, I'm talking like best parts, best things that happen, I don't post. My, my close friend stories on my private page, I do. Right, I'm the king of throwing a monkey wrench into people's eyes. It's not that I'm being private. I just don't need to show the best specific parts of my life outside of my kids. I have never showed my crib ever on Instagram, the, all of it, right? My new crib, I am not going to ever show all of it. You'll see different parts here and there. Things are different. They'll be decorated different. And it's going to take a little time for me to really get settled in the way I want to fully because of my circumstances right now, right? 
But speaking of the new crib, it is set up to as good as it's going to be for a little while. Maybe a few weeks, maybe a month. I don't know. But the podcast studio is almost there, right? The kids' rooms are coming along. The boys' room is fire. I've spent so much time getting their beds, the clothes, uniforms, toys, their gaming table, and all that shit perfect so that when they see their new house, they will be ecstatic beyond words. Okay? And like the boys' bunk beds now, so they sleep on two twin beds next to each other with trundles for like, you know, for sleepovers, whatever. I got them full beds, a full-size bunk bed. They got plenty of space now. I slept on a fucking full when I was in college, I think. Maybe I slept on a twin the first year, I think, in the dorms. But like, I never had a fucking bed that nice up until maybe fucking, honestly, I don't think I had a bed that nice until I was in my fucking late 20s. Okay. Now, that shit had 400 pieces. That motherfucker was way harder than that Super Mario puzzle. That shit took me three days. I had some help from other people. But like, you know, people, I just hate having to get shit ready and then having that, you know, to depend on someone else. It's just, it's fucking aggravating. But um, one thing I didn't realize is you get these gigantic boxes. You got the TV boxes. You got a 90-inch TV. You got 85. You got a 75. You got fucking 60, another 60. The box removal. Yo, what the fuck? I had no idea just removing boxes and taking it to like a center. Like I had uh, the gardener at my new home. He was like, yo, it's 150 bucks. And I was like, what? And I got some more boxes outside now, but I was like, yo, that shit's expensive. To remove some motherfucker. I was gonna give the dude like 50 bucks and thought he'd be cool. He's like, no, you gotta pay. And I remember the recycling truck was coming by and I was like, yo, I gotta throw these out. And they charge you. City charges you by how much trash and this and that. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Is this? this is crazy, right? And now let me pivot to something like on some life lesson shit, right? Like at some point in your life, there will be a time where nobody will come to your rescue. And I think it should come early, you know, even like, you know, like, as a child, yes, even with a loving parent, supporting parents, parents are usually out, maybe the mom's around, you know, it's different because I had two working parents, one was a teacher and one was, you know, a dress contractor, right? So I was running the streets a little different, right? With me and Nick, it was different because she didn't have a job. She was full-time, you know, stay-at-home mom. But I had countless times where I didn't have my help or whatever. I was a solo dude, like to run around. I had homies around me that had my back here and there, right? But I think it's really important, earlier the better, that you learn survival tactics. You know, there should be a time where nobody's gonna help you out, whether it be bullshit or real shit. Because that's when you develop and grow. Like that's when you understand and you really get real strength. Or you can cruise by and avoid it and hope to never face reality. You know, I actually feel sorry for no grown adult who will just decide to walk into a fire because you have a fire suit on. I don't feel sorry for those type of people. Right? They just always feel like they have, oh no, someone's going to save me, the police. You know, or my mom, my dad, a lawyer, somebody. 
Now, that ain't how life works. Truth helps, but even that sometimes, right? There's manipulation all over the place. I'm just saying, I don't feel sorry for no motherfucker who's always had someone to bail him out. That ain't real life, man. And let me say something real quick. If you invite yourself into someone else's business and to someone else's drama and you get caught with some shit, let me explain something to you. You did not catch a stray. No, you caught what you deserved. That's what the real is, okay? Now, when I was driving home from uh, the George Lopez tournament, got off the exit of my freeway, you know, and there's homeless people usually on the side of the freeway and stuff here and there. I don't see them as much as I used to, but I don't know what it is. I am just a sucker for homeless people with kids. If I got cash on me, which is not that often lately, man, I will give them something. Even if it's $2, 10 20 whatever it is. And I remember there's these homeless people that I see a lot um, pre-pandemic and then even like recently. And I remember Nick is totally opposite about that. She's like, oh, well, you know, you're inviting people. You know, you, they get encouraged by people. And I'm just like, I'm just different with it. And like, I know London's always like, thank you, daddy, for helping me. You know, the person I know he's on, you know, in a good place. And it's nice of you. Outside of that, I think really, people really got me fucked up. If you've never listened to this show before, or you've never met me in person and spent a couple hours with me, I try to give people game, right? In general, what this show is about this show is about mistakes that I made and shit that I don't want you to do. Now, if you want to go ahead and do it, cool, great, right? But I don't want my kids or people that I know to make the same mistakes I did, okay? Now, I mean, if you do, if my kids do, okay, great. As long as you learn from those mistakes. But what I'm trying to do here is help, right? I might gatekeep a restaurant here and there and I won't do it if the restaurant needs help. That's for damn sure. I'm the king of fucking helping out small businesses. On a privacy level, sometimes I just don't want people there and it does well enough and I'm good. But I don't gatekeep when it comes to help. If I can. I can only help so many people. I could help more people here through this podcast than I can, you know, just by myself actually sitting there trying to help. Anyways, fuck do I got here? Oh, shit, man. Jamie Foxx, if you didn't know, he's been having uh, health issues for the last few weeks. Um, what they aren't telling you, which uh, someone I know, and it's not about, it's, she's out, put it on the internet and stuff and everything, but Jamie Foxx had a stroke. And that's why, you know, things are happening and he's bad and whatever. And I think someone else is probably running the social, but I got some close friends who fuck with Jamie. Um, I don't want to say anything bad about Jamie. I've had some interesting interactions with dude early on in his career. But, you know, Chris Spencer, who is going to be featured on either this week or next week's part three, he has been around comedy for 30 fucking years. And he's finally getting a break. He had, he had a really big break early. And he's just a really smart dude, great entertainer, so brilliant, so great. Just, just some people are really good at what they do and they don't get a shot. And this dude really deserves this. He's funny as fuck. Um... But we're talking about it because he's a little older than Jamie. Or he's probably around the same age as Jamie. He came up in the same era. I was right behind, obviously. And we're at the range. It's early in the morning. He's like, yo, bro, 
I got to go to two funerals today. And it made me pause. You know what I mean? Because one of the girls was younger than me by like five or six years. And then the other dude was just three years older. And I've been seeing more people die in their mid 40s to early 50s. And it just, shit got me shook. You know what I mean? I've been eating a banana every single fucking day to lower my blood pressure and everything. All that shit that's going on. But, I mean, look, a lot of people are concerned about my health and weight. I think they don't really, I mean, and the people who listen to the podcast, how do you not know this? I have been prepping to get to this weight. You know what I'm saying? I talked about intermittent fasting. The week I started, I documented the whole journey. Now, maybe the divorce is, is maybe helped me shed three or four pounds at most. But I have been strict on my shit. If anything, I'm not even doing 12-12 anymore. I'm probably doing like 11-13, right? I fast for 11 hours and I might eat 13 hours here and then my intervals are different. But I've gotten down to a weight where I don't want to get any skinnier. Now I might bulk up a little bit, but I'm in great shape. I'm not tired. I have more energy and I feel good. So those of you concerned about how much I weigh, look, guys, I'm good. Appreciate it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's pay some bills. and We'll be right back, y'all. Vaulted is the mobile platform and app that allows investors to purchase physical gold. The gold is real and stored at the Royal Canadian Mint. Or you can take physical delivery right at your home. It takes less than one minute to set up an account. Vaulted offers the lowest transaction fees and features the best cost structure in the industry. There is even an automatic savings program called Vault Plan that investors can set up to automatically purchase gold every month. Buying or selling gold is as easy as buying stock. Vaulted is the mobile platform and app that allows. Sign up by clicking the link in the description. There is no minimum. Get your value up with Vaulted and BTB. Friends, family, and loved ones, I bet you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift yet, have you? Not to fear, the leaders in grooming are here. I'm talking about our friends at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for the father figure in your life this year. It's time to upgrade his game or your game from waist to face with this exclusive offer. Join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BALLER at manscaped.com. Manscaped keeps you clean as you can be and you can use it in the shower. Guys, no joke. There's ads on here that we do. I really do use Manscaped very often. Okay, every time I can. Get the package, their signature lawnmower, 4.0 trimmer, brand new weed whacker, 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. And we can't forget about the moneymaker. Manscaped has absolutely changed the game with their new Beard Hedger Pro Kit for fathers around the world. Included is a Beard Hedger Trimmer 
beard shampoo and conditioner, beard oil, beard balm, and two free gifts with their signature beard comb and scissors. Whether mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, these are products that you need. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BALLER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and use code BALLER. Make this Father's Day that special father in your life won't forget with Manscaped and BTB. What's up, y'all? We are back. This is the Behind the Baller podcast, guys. If you have not subscribed to the show you're listening to right now, hit that subscribe button, please. It helps me out. This is pretty much what I am doing, period, um, besides part three. And uh, we'll get into that in a second. I'm being told by several people who I trust, younger guys, you know, who really kill it, YouTube, Twitch, you name it, whatever. I'm being told that Snapchat is the move right now for influencers who want to monetize. So I am on Snapchat. I haven't figured out when I'm going to post and everything because my days have been filled with errands, a lot of free time, a very empty home, and a lot of twiddling my thumbs. So keep sending any suggestions of, of movies and shit like that. Again, a lot of shit I've seen or I've tried. I don't want to watch beef. Don't mention beef anymore. I don't mind Steven Young, you know, I'm just Koreans, I try to support, but that fucking Ali Wong, I don't know what it, I just can't fuck with her. Anyways, I'm about to drop some golf products. I got this uh, Birdie Corn gold uh, divot tool that's going to come out. The tailor-made shit will drop later. I think everyone who I work with is on pause right now out of respect. I can feel it. Even my agent, everyone is kind of like, yo, you know. We're just trying to have you, you know, go through this and everything. If you need anything, we're here for you and all that. And 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 honestly, like, I think I need just a couple more months to really marinate this pain. Right? It's again, I'm not running from the pain, not running from the feels. I'm feeling it all. Every single day, I think I have a moment, several moments on some days. Uh yesterday was tough. And um, we'll get into that. But yo, thank you. Okay, this BB, Be Better merch and gear is going to be something simple and something you guys are going to love to wear. Women too. Wear small. It's going to be cozy and with a positive message. All right, I'm excited to drop this shit. I promise you. Friday night, Friday day, I hit my boy Norton, uh, aka Phase Rain, co-founder, co-owner of Phase Clan. And... For those of you who don't know, Norton really blew up early on in his career. I mean, early, you know, he's fucking 26, which technically I could have been a dad at 24, you know, 23. That's really not that far-fetched. You know, having a kid at 18, 19, 20, I guess kind of, yeah. But 24, though, it's believable. A lot of NBA players, a lot of pro people who are, you know, setting their career, got whatever, no financial issues. But those motherfuckers in the hood have kids 19, 20, whatever. But he went through some really tough times around 2021 he hit a really dark hole and for him it, it was it was bad i remember being there for him i was one of the very few people when i say few i'm talking one hand or less and i was there for dude the place he lives in right now is because of me 
I think he just had so much money fucked off that. And I think he was supporting his parents and everything else. And he just, he got stuck and he had so much trauma that he couldn't walk. He literally couldn't walk. He was in a wheelchair. And I think about the times, he's, he's a much happier person. He's a good dude. Uh, my boy Homicide, he couldn't walk for a couple of years. It was crazy. You know, I mean, I think it's, again, the, the mental shit, right? And I just try to protect as much as I can. It's hard. But I hit him up for some gaming chairs for London and Ryder, and um, he made it happen. I'm sitting in one of them right now. Really nice chairs, you know, top of the line. And um, I get home from a long-ass drive in the IE, and I get a surprise at the stoplight. I'm sure he's listening. He'll know. It's really weird. And I think um, out of habit, I exited, which technically could still be my exit from my house. But it was like, it was weird. Get home in a weird fucking mood. I call him I'm like, yo, bro, um, I want to get that chair. But let me ask you, have you ate yet? And he's like, nah, man, I haven't anything all day. And you know, he's, he's a successful dude. He lives his life. He streams. He makes content, whatever. He makes a little money here and there. He owns a fucking shit. I don't know what face class worth. They got to be up there in nine figures for sure. And I'm like, bro, let's get some food. I really needed to talk to him. He knows I'm going through it. He's one of the very few people, less than 15 people have my new phone number. And I pick him up and we head straight to Smokehouse. LA staple, classic spot, great barbecue, great prime rib. And I get there and there's a fucking line of people. I'm just like, look, I'm going to finesse my way in somehow, some way. Gave lady $100. I was like, fuck this, sit us down right now. We sat down within seconds. And I tell him what's going on in my life. And he's like, God damn, bro, I'm so sorry for you, you know. And um, I want to talk about his trauma, what he went through. And every time I talk to anybody, there's not a single person that knows what I'm going through. You go through a divorce, it's tough. You're worried about the heartbreak. The heartbreak is like not even, I'm not, that's not even on my mind. I have zero desire to even think about repairing the marriage or anything. That's, that's not even an option or even a thought in my head. That shit is gone. That boat has sailed and it's, it's, that boat comes back and I'm like, yo, yo, get the fuck away. Like, I'm not thinking about that. But like, they don't understand. Maybe they have one kid. Maybe they have two, you know, whatever. It's just, again, even if you have three, you can have five. It's just not, the situation I'm in is just a whole different level. So we sat down, had a really nice dinner. You know what I'm saying? I get the prime rib. I got the creamy horseradish and we're getting mashed potatoes and corn and motherfucking smokes and that fucking garlic bread there at Smokehouse. God damn. Shit got me hungry right now. It's fucking five something in the morning. Wow. But yeah, we just chopped it up, you know, and and, and um, I was like, bro, you, you were just chilling, kicking it? And he's like, nah, man, <laughs> I'm editing this Face Clan video and I know how what you're going through and I just couldn't say no to my fucking asshole, you know? And it's like, again, I'm, I would be proud to have a son like him, right? I'm really proud of what Norton's done. He's not just a pioneer, but just a great kid. And, and um, he wouldn't let me pay for dinner, which is really weird because it, it just was, no matter how much money he has, it just, you know. So we had dinner, we chopped it up and I needed that for real. Ended up picking up those chairs. And I just got to say, Norton, I love you, bro. And um, thank you. Thank you, not just for making me an honorary member of Face Clan and being on the, you know, in the crew, but just treating me like family especially during this time right now. You know, one thing that definitely helped me out was 
these Laker games. So we'll talk a little bit about sports right now. Game one was as solid as I could have ever asked. Like it, we needed that win there at the Chase Center. My place in San Francisco is pretty much gonna be up for grabs. Um, I really can't call it right now. I don't know when I'm going back to San Francisco to grab my shit and everything else. I, I don't really know. Um, it's a weird thing. I'm gonna talk about it in a little bit, but something about the Chase Center is, is so dope and you don't feel like you're in San Francisco or in LA. It's just like, it's such the new tech town thing. But then game two at Chase Center. Wow. To be blown out by 30 and just, you know, the motherfuckers are shimming and shit and, and doing fucking, you know what I'm saying? The, the um, why the fuck am I, what's the thing called? The fucking, the giddy. And I'm just like, yo man, all right. All right, cool, right? That shit just made me even more mad, right? So like you turn fuck, you turn the TV. A real Laker fan will turn the TV off. We ain't putting up with that bullshit, right? But then yesterday, no, two days ago, right? Game three, yo, we turned up on them. My boy Cuffs the Legend called it out. He said AD was gonna come in. Darvin Ham was gonna make the right rotations. Everything, it was on and popping. Now game four, we gotta take this bitch. We got to take game four at Staples Center tonight. We ain't got no excuses. Ain't got no time for shit. We got to do this Lakers in six. We got to do this Lakers in six. Okay. Lakers in motherfucking five. We need to, but Lakers in six. We need this dub tomorrow to go up 3-1. We can lose, you know, game four and five in the, in the Bay if we need to, and then come back and win Lakers at Staples, at Crypto, whatever the fuck you want to call It's always going to be Staples. Fuck that. Or else, it's Game Seven and, and at Chase, and it's it's Warriors probably, man. Warriors have had the momentum at that point. We we go back to Chase Center and fucking Game Seven. I just I don't got faith in it. I will say this though: whoever wins this is gonna wax. Whoever wins this fucking Phoenix fucking Denver shit, I ain't worried about. It. I don't give a fuck about what Jokic and Jamal, uh, Jamal Murray doing. I don't give a fuck. I definitely don't give a fuck about Phoenix. And I know Phoenix matches up with us a little crazy, but what I want to see happen is. I would my dream NBA finals will be the Lakers versus the Knicks. I would love to see that happen. That would be great. Don't look like it's gonna happen, but my second dream scenario would be the Lakers and Celtics just to revive the rivalry. All right. That would be fucking awesome. Everything else I don't give a fuck about, right? Been watching golf and everything else in the background. And um, yeah, man. You guys already know. You already know. Well, I'll get in that in a second. Hold on. I'm just going to talk about Ghost. But, um, you know, Antonio Brown is such a talented dude. And, and people are big fans of his here and there. And I knew something was off with dude from Jump. And I remember he reached out to me years ago for a chain, a ring, and everything else. And I thank God. Even when he was spending bread, I just, I pick, I always picked and choose who I work with and stuff. And he just seems like a real piece of shit, man. The way he treats his baby moms and the fucking way he was treating his ex-wife and everything else and, you know, just fucking running from child support and whatever. And it's just like his responsibilities. I didn't even fucking know he owned an arena football team. And then I read this story. He owns a team and he's not paying the coaches or the players. Like, that's just what the fuck is up with your mentals, bro? Like every time it's some shit. Okay, I get it. Maybe you had a hard life. 
So did Jimmy Butler. So did other people. You ain't got to be like that, man. Like these guys who play arena football, do you know how bad they must need those checks? The coach quits. The staff quits. Like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Then you come with this Ravens cap. I'm talking about, yo, I'm coming back to the fucking Ravens and the fucking Baltimore Ravens don't even know the fuck he's even coming back. Like, what the fuck? All right, I just had to say that real quick. By the way, real quick, again, too, got to give a shout out to one of my subscribers. He's BTB. He's one of my subscribers on Instagram. His name is Jacob Kwan. And uh, like I said, I know vaping is bad and all that shit, but there's these vapes that I take that I smoke and I love them and they discontinued them in California. They still make them to the company, but there's one flavor I love, which I won't tell you because I want motherfuckers fucking my supply up, but he comes through with the boxes for the wholesale price and everything. So Jacob, I appreciate you, homie. Korean drives almost an hour to get to me and I appreciate you. Anyways, yeah, before we get into some depressing shit, Ghost, again, man, it just don't fucking disappoint. It just gets better and better and better. And by the way, guys, spoilers, spoilers, you don't watch this show. Sax, you piece of shit, got what you motherfucking deserved. I hope, it's just so fucking good. I just, I just feel like 50 is going to make this a 10. I can go to IMDb and find out how many episodes is going to be in the season, but it's just amazing. You know, when I think about when I started watching Power, I think it was during the pandemic, right? And just like, you hear that, this is a big rich town. I just come from the poorest part. I just like, I get hyped. Also brings me some PTSD from, you know, the house and the man cave and all that. But you know what? This is a better situation. I think that man cave gave me, I almost felt like a fucking bachelor in that place, right? Like it was really too much of a sanctuary. I think I embraced it too much. And um, that might've been another part that, you know, fucked up my marriage and, you know, but Ghost is amazing. Fucking amazing. I just found out that Bosch season two is not going to uh, air until the fall. So I'm fucking really bummed out because usually comes out right around April, May, June. Um, they got picked up for a season three. I don't know how the fuck that happened already, whatever. But, you know, guys, I saved the more depressing shit for the last part, but I want to give you guys some real insight of what's going on. I have been the loneliest I've ever been in my entire life. Now, I remember I've hit some lonely spots through childhood here and there, but I always had someone around. I was in the streets. It was different. I'm so young. I'm so impressionable. And just, you know, I'd find a peace of mind walking through Koreatown and stuff, right? First time I was engaged, I hit a rough spot. I think it lasted for a couple months. No kids. I was a lot younger. I had not even experienced the amount of life that I've experienced now, right? And I was out and about. I was young. I was a different dude. Where I'm at now in my life, I have chosen to be lonely, right? I just don't want to see anybody. That's what the, the, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to talk about the story. I don't want to talk about the shit. And again, it's there's a little bit, you know, when you think about spending that much time with somebody, but it's really about my kids, you know, I was listening to George St. Pierre, GSP. And it's like, you're training for a fight, right? And then you're about to go and you're walking into the arena to fight finally. You could have your entire camp with you, behind you, your whole entourage, whatever. But it's only you in the ring. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
like that win or loss, like it's you and it's like, it's nobody else. And that's how I feel right now. I got a team, right? Not just some friends, not some real ones. I drove two hours and 45 minutes to go see a real one Friday, right? There's no girl that I want to call. You know, I have homies that would come by and kick it. I don't think my energy is there to, to I think it's just be a bum out session. I think people wouldn't even mind. They'd be like, yo, man, we want to be here for you. And there have been some people who hit me up and things and, and um, you know, some other friends, even girls, whatever, my manager, um, my agent, you know, I have business people I could hit up, whatever. I just don't really, I, it's just weird. I'm embracing this time alone and it's, it's tough. You know, um, I read this article and I was like, the fuck, bro? Like, really? It says loneliness is as deadly as smoking 15 packs of cigarettes a day per the Surgeon General. And when I first read it, I thought it said 15 cigarettes, 15 packs. And there's actually, I've read stories a long time ago that someone died from um, extreme lonesomeness and loneliness, sorry. And as if we don't have illnesses like cancer and diabetes to worry about, like I, I'm already thinking about shit like that, right? Experts now say loneliness may be just as deadly, right? The U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, published a report this week outlining how this can affect one's health. Murthy said in the 81-page analysis that chronic loneliness is just as harmful as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So is it packs, motherfucker, or is it cigarettes? Okay. The situation is sadly a lingering adverse effect of COVID-19. Americans interacted less with their churches, employees, schools, community groups, and loved ones during the thick of the pandemic. Stay-at-home orders forced people apart, and even when the world began to reopen, many continued to social distance. Young people between the ages 15 and 24 reported a 70% decrease in the time they spend with their friends. Murthy's report stated, loneliness is far more than just a bad feeling. It harms both individual and societal health. It is associated with a greater risk of cardiovascular disease, dementia, stroke, depression, anxiety, and premature death. He later added that humans are biologically wired to interact with others. Such isolation as seen with COVID-19 and after will continue to take toll on Americans if action is not taken. Now, that's why I go and play golf and I do the minimum or a little bit above minimum interaction that I need to do. And I do talk to people here and there. It's just, again, I have more time than ever, right? I can call 20 people today. They will come hang out. I chose to be solo. Right now, I think it's just really important that I am. I think this is a very big week. Some things could change. I don't know. Now, all the memories of things or places that I go to on a daily basis right? Every fucking day for the last at least 20 days. Places I've been way before I had kids, right? Those places in these memories, they're replaced by memories of my kids. 
It is absolutely the most pain that I've ever endured. And it's weird. Like I said earlier, I went to Malibu uh, yesterday. I think about the RV trips. You know, when everyone else was staying in place, whatever, staying at home, whatever, I got an RV. I wanted us to go out and hit the road. And we had our family. It was our gang, the Yang Gang. Still the Yang Gang, just minus one. And, um, you know, I hit the Grove this weekend. I forgot to say that. I was going to the Grove with Jonas all the time. Jonas was like, yo, I'm going to buy you this place one day. I was going to the Grove so much, I just love that place. You know, just go there and just hang out. I just love being there. I went there, hit the Nike store, bought some clothes and went to frame and found this fire-ass cardigan. And I go to Barnes Nobles. And immediately I associate Barnes and Nobles with the kids because I always buy books for them there. And then, you know, everywhere except maybe Koreatown. And I don't really want to just go through Koreatown for no reason. But like, you go to the Grove and you're going to see families. I literally get PTSD for real in the realest way anytime I see kids from the age 1 to 11. Right. I saw Jason Tatum after the game two win, I think, right, and the other night, and he had his son on on the that press conference with him, and it and fucked me up. See some of my friends with kids or older, younger, whatever, and just again, it fucks me up. Any memory, any song or something, you know, Ryder loves Smash Mouth, um, All Star. Sometimes I could deal with this, but I can't. I told you the BK song, they play it on every fucking day. I hear it five, six times a day, watching sports in the morning, get up, whatever. So it's just really weird, you know, the things that I've always done. And now, you know, all I really need is just to, to be with my fam. I haven't said this in, uh, I'm just going to share this with you guys. Today is 30 days. It's been 30 days since I've seen Kaya. It has been 30 days since I've seen or even spoken to Kaya. I have never, ever gone an entire day without talking to Kaya. I've never gone six days, and that's because I was out of the country, whatever, without seeing Kaya. I have never gone 12 hours without talking to my kids. Six days is the longest I've ever been away from them, right? It's now been 20 days that I haven't seen the boys. Now, I know that my kids miss me like crazy. I know for a fact. Can't get into specifics, I'm just saying. But what I do know is they must be so fucking confused right now. And I'll say this, the moment they do see me, I know they're going to go fucking crazy. So I hate to end the show this way, but it just more... Something need to be said so you guys can understand where I'm at. Any parent out there that's listening to this, that is a very active parent, and ain't even a question, man. What I've done for my family. Not just for guidance, but what I've created and what I've provided. Every meal that they've ate in the last 20, 30 days is a meal I've provided. Again. And what's going on is just crazy. But London, Ryder, Kaya, I love you guys so much. I think about you every minute of the day. I miss you guys so much. I miss you terribly, guys.
And I'll see you guys when I fall asleep tonight and every night. All right. Hey, guys, man, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I will see you next Monday. I'll try to get uh, Alan Hughes on. I'm trying to get everything ready for this. And some days are better than the others. Some days are, are worse. You know what I mean? And like my um, accountant had told me, he's like, look, you got to live minute by minute. Got to take it minute by minute, guys. All right. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all Monday. I appreciate everybody. Listen. This is not your practice life. Smooth seas do not make a good sailor. All right, y'all. See y'all soon. Peace.